0: Is a combination. There you go. Again, page 89. <clears throat> Combined in the human being are two entities which are very much distant and apart, different one from the other. Hagufa that's the body and the soul, and he explained earlier that the body has a drive toward physicality, and toward satisfying its physical needs, and the neshama's drive is spiritual, it's one of seeking great clarity, wisdom, and closeness to Hashem, and the two of those are in a state of milchama, in a state of battle with each other, and that's the human state. The struggle between the body and the soul. Okay, so now but before I translate that, we're gonna go into what would be called in the Sifre Chasidus a description, a description first of the Nefesh Haba Hamis, the more base life within a human being literally means the animal-like soul, nefesh habahamis. That's not the neshama. That's not the neshama. But he first goes into that. So if we go one step at a time, we have a body, we have a soul. He's talking about the physical body and the spiritual soul. But then the next step he takes, he's talking about something different, which is the nefesh habahamis, vizet. Ki hine yesh ba'ada nafesh, a human being has a type of life force within him. Kamosha yesh l'cho'oba aleha chayim, like all other living things, meaning like all other animals do. M'shameshes l'hargosha, it serves a person in terms of feeling, vahaskala and intelligence, ha'hakuka betiva, which are Impressed in a human being by nature, meaning by Hashem. The Indian, nefesh hazos b'chol and this nefesh, which again is the nefesh habahamis, that's not the Ramchal's language; that the, that's the language of Sifrei Chasidus, the Bal They're talking about the same thing. So this nefesh amongst ba'al hachaim, living things, who mitzius echadak maod. It is something very, very subtle. Nimshach uba besoch hazera acharehi kolto. And it comes into the zera, the seed of a child, meaning that which conceived the child, after it has been absorbed, after conception. Vahu atzmo mispashed vahole. And after this baby is conceived, or <coughs> this baby person, or this baby animal, after it's conceived, it continues to expand, mispashet vahole, ubona es haguf, and it builds the body of that creature, kafimasha ra'ui according to that which is fitting for that creation. The Khain mispashet And it continues to expand as this creation grows. And all feelings, and we would even say instinct, and Haskola, any type of awareness which is fitting for that species, it's all dependent on, the, on this Nefesh ha- Bahamas. So in other words, if you have a lamb, you no, know, the lamb is conceived and it grows into a lamb in its mother's stomach. And what directs that process? Of course, Hashem, but the Nefesh Ha is within the makeup of that lamb after conception and it builds a lamb. And the same with any other creation, including a human being. <speaking in Hebrew> because when it comes to living things, the fresh godol bahaskala there's a very big difference in their level of awareness. Now I don't want to use the word intelligence here because in English intelligence in animals does not really go quite hand in hand. We think about intelligence as human intelligence, which is correct. But animal, animals certainly have a level of awareness. They know how to take care of themselves. They know how to basically conduct their lives like an animal does. So that's its level of awareness. We could call it instinct. And in our, let's say, modern uh, computer terminology, it's programmed in to this creation, what it's going to be and what its nature is going to be. It's quite similar to DNA. That The DNA is the basic stuff you know, from which every cre- creation uh, derives its identity. Vahaskolas v'nei Adam However, the intelligence of a human being completely different than the awareness of any other creation, any other living thing. It's categorically and qualitatively of a different nature. all of this is done and accomplished in this Nefesh, this lower Nefesh Habahamas, according to its nature. And according to the kalim, the recipient vessel, meaning the body of that animal and its organs, would serve it. Each species according to its nature. So therefore, a dog becomes a dog, and a cow becomes a cow, and a fish becomes a fish, and they function the way they function. The Nefesh is species-specific. It's species-specific. That's why he says, Each and every species according to its nature and identity. It has its own nefesh abhamis, its own instincts, its own feelings, its own level of pain, its own level of awareness. And the human being, of course, with its intelligence is categorically different. In the human nefesh, and again he's talking about our nefesh ha yet not our neshama. You can discern different faculties. Kagon, for example, hadimion, we have imagination. Vahazikaron, and we have memory. Hasechel, intelligence. V'haratzon, will. Kulam kohos Nefesh. All of these are faculties of the Nefesh. So in other words, our imagination, our Ratzon, is in the realm of human. It's a human imagination and a human Ratzon and a human intelligence. It derives from our Nefesh HaVahamis, and it's specific to human being. And those are the Kochos HaNefesh, our own faculties. Mugbolim b'gvulim they have specific parameters and boundaries. Upo'alim b'dirachim miyuchadim, and they function in specific ways as well. So we share in common with all other living beings a lower soul, a avahamis. It's unique to the person species, it's unique to the animal species according to how it is. So one mustn't think, oh, well, we have a nefesh and so does, you know, a a lion, so we're like a lion. That's not true. Ours is human. The lion's is a lion's. The similarity between them is that it's very general, is there's hargusha, there's feeling, feeling of pain, feeling of pleasure, feeling of gratification. We have that on a human level. They have that on an animal level. They have Haskola, too. They have awareness of the world around them, species-specific. And some animals have a very de- highly developed awareness of the sense of sight, you know, of some birds. They can see, you know, for miles, their prey on the ground. The birds that fly very high in the sky, birds of prey. And they can achieve great speeds. And some of them have eyesight, which is phenomenal. Dogs have an amazing sense of smell. So those senses may be even more acute than they are within a person. But in terms of intelligence, then, as we said before, human and animal are completely different. And we should never think that our mind is somehow inside the animal's head. It's not. That's an animal's awareness. But each one derives from the Netesh HaBahamis. Ours from ours, and theirs from theirs. And additionally, there's one more distinction. There's a the difference between the Netesh HaBahamis of a Jew and a non-Jew. Those are two different types of meaning, of species in the world, two different types of human beings. Each of them human, but different types. The Netesh HaBahamis of a Jew has a relationship to Torah and mitzvahs. The Nevesh Bahamis of a non-Jew does not have that relationship. So even in that human similarity, because we certainly would say the human being, which is not Jewish, has intelligence of a human being, sometimes highly sophisticated intelligence as well, but the relationship to Torah and mitzvot and the way that works in a Jew is unique to being Jewish. So as the Balatanya writes, the Nefesh Bahamas of a Yehudi and the Nefesh Bahamas of an Eno Yehudi is two different types of Nefesh Bahamas as well. This is all all in the realm of Nefesh Bahamas, and now he's going to talk about our neshama, which he has not addressed yet. Let's letter base. V'ulam, Milvad Kolzeh. But in addition to this, over and above this, od nashi nivdal elyon ma'od. There is in a human being a mitzius, an existence of a nefesh of a soul, which is completely apart than what we have mentioned, and it's elyon, it's lofty, it's extremely spiritual, it's purely spiritual, I should say, it's purely spiritual. hatachlis and its purpose in coming into a human being, Ella is, about to start page 90, Lakashro, to connect a person, ho ha'olyonim, to the higher forces that are up there in the spiritual worlds that we have spoken about the past number of weeks, what are called the kohos, spiritual forces. So our is connected up there. It's also one of those spiritual forces. It's a different one. It's not the same as the spiritual forces that we mentioned before. Those don't come into a body. A nishama does. But it's connected to them. That's that you might say that's its neighborhood. Its neighborhood is the spiritual realm. Shayesh Loli Kashurban. That the Nishama it has it, meaning that's part of what it is and part of what it does is it connects to higher spiritual reality. lihiyos ma'asav molidim toldosam Bakoho sa'olyonim b'koach gadol A crucial line in Ramchal: In order that the actions of a human being will produce consequences, will impact the higher spiritual forces <speaking in> bekoach <Hebrew> gadol, with great force. So in other words, let's say we step back and we say, how is it possible that a person is able to affect spiritual reality? How does that occur? We live down here in the physical world. So our neshama is connected to us. Hashem connected it to our body. When we do something here, we do it physically, but because we have a neshama, that connection is there. It travels up our neshama to those higher spiritual realms, where the neshama is connected and it makes an impact up there. So we use that muscle of shaking a rope. If you have a rope that's connected ten stories high and it's hanging down here and you do this on the bottom of the rope, you wave it, that wave goes all the way up to the top. And that's what happens to us in terms of ruchni as as well. So our neshama is connected up there. If we do a mitzvah, we just sent a koach godol, a strong force which changes the spiritual reality, literally changes spiritual reality, changes the universe on a Ruchniistic level. Same thing if we do something wrong, God forbid. Then we're bringing darkness up there. And by doing that, a human being has an impact on reality. Then Hashem, of course, evaluates what was done and He sends something back to us. But by hazeh, and also, in this mitziyut, this entity called our neshama, nimshah ha el Ha'oda. Likewise, whatever is coming down to us from those higher worlds comes down through the pathway of our neshama. So Hashem wants to give us something. It starts up there and it travels down the pipeline of our neshama and it comes down to us here in the world. min ha it starts from those higher sources, umimenu benefish asacharnu. It goes from there into our neshama, into our nefesh abahamis, umimena baguf, and from there into the body. So that's the chain: the higher spiritual sources, the neshama, the nefesh abahamis, the guf. Vahanefesh our higher soul, our neshama, minaheges eshatachtona. It guides and leads our lower soul. That's another crucial distinction between a Jew and a non-Jew, that we're always being guided by our neshama. bo'ha pa'ulos torchos. And our neshama functions with, within us in the ways that are necessary. It doesn't really define that. It does to us what it's supposed to do to us. B'chol zaman mi At all times that a human being lives. L'fi hayacha shahu mis yachet Va'akesher shehu mis kasher im According to the relationship that we have and the connection that we have to higher olamas. So just one example of that is on Shabbos What's because the, wor- the world is different, and the universe is different, and spiritual reality is different, the Hashpa'ah that's coming down from Shemayim into our Nishama on Shabbos is qualitatively different than what comes down during the week. We may not feel that, but our Nishama is connected on Shabbos in a different way. So everything coming down to us, down that pipeline, is Shabbos day. Today it's choldek, it's vachedek, it's weekday like, and Shabbos it's Shabbosdek, and Yom it's Yom So that hashpa'a changes, as he says, mizmane mi hazmanim at different times. ha hanefesh hazos, this higher neshama, miskasheret b'tachtona, is connected to our lower one, our nefesh habahamis, b'hatachtona b'chelak <speaking> hayoser <in> d'ak shebedam, and the nefesh habahamis is connected to the most subtle dimension of our blood. So where is the Nefesh HaBahamas connected to the human being? In the blood, in the Dham. The Nimsa'u HaGuf, meets Neshamos, ze Imze. So we have that the body and the two souls, meaning the Nefesh HaBahamas, and the Nefesh HaOlyonah, they're all connected together. So you could say, here's the neshama comes all the way down. Here's the Nefeshah Bahamas, right there at the juncture and here's the goof. Where's the Nefesh Bahamas found in us? It's in our blood. I don't think you'd see it under a microscope if you looked, but somehow it's there. And DNA is not a bad example of that. It's a very similar idea. That That's the basic building blocks of the uh, mitzius of that being. Okay, so we'll stop there. Any questions or comments? Yeah, please, Ilana. Yeah. Uh, now, he says, which means at, at conception. So there's some level of nefesh which builds that embryo according to a human being. That's the nefesh ha bahamas. But I have seen brought down that the neshama itself already has a relationship to the person. Upon conception Upon conception So not only the Nefesh habahamas is there Building that embryo into what it needs to become But there's a presence of Neshama there as well But I want to add to that Because the Neshama continues to come down in different stages So its presence in, in the embryo and fetus Inside the mother's womb is one thing Upon emergence into the world, it's another thing. There's, there's a deeper level of connection of neshama to goof upon birth. And then for a baby boy at a bris, there's another level of entrance into the goof. And bar mitzvah and bas mitzvah for a boy and for a girl, there's another level of deeper uh, connection to the neshama. And then at age 20, there's a further level of deeper connection to neshama. So it does come in stages and it has to do with the spiritual impact that a person makes on the higher worlds. A bar mitzvah boy, a bas mitzvah girl, they just became, they have a different level of impact on higher reality than they did when they were 11. Because now their neshama is, so to speak, mature and it makes its full impact on high. So it starts at conception and then it goes from there in gradual stages.
1: And just like the Shamas are holier than others, are are nephesh different, holier among Jews?
0: Yes, yes it is. Yeah, you're talking between Jew and non Jew? Between Jew and Jew. Between Jew and Jew, yes, everyone is different. It's not only species specific, but it's also individual specific. Uh, One person's nephesh avahamis is different than Another, hence the difference in their faculties and their abilities. And one person's neshama is different than another, and hence the difference between the way they impact Shaman. But all of us do impact shaman in the way that Hashem wants us to. Yeah. Rebison, you had a comment or a question? Um, that's trying to
1: understand like life. Often, life. Right, the force of life right, is often like, associated with the soul. Like when a person dies, they say the soul left them. But it doesn't sound like that. It sounds like life itself is something different. Because you, the way he's describing the Nefesh HaBahamsu that you are, is not that it's the brain function or the sensory functions, but we know that you could be alive without those faculties, so. And the neshama never dies, so to speak. curious where, I mean obviously it comes from Hashem, but is there some specific mechanism through which the, the life force <coughs> itself comes in? Because it doesn't seem like it's really connected either to the Nefesh HaBahamas or the Neshama from right. the way this is.
0: Right. Now this, this is a very, to me this is a very mysterious question as, as to where that life comes from. And I'll tell you my idea on it, but I can't tell you that it's accurate just what I think, that ultimately we're alive because we have a neshama. And at the moment of Misa, when a person passes away, their neshama leaves their goof. That, that is Misa. The neshama separating from the body is death. But the nefesh is the in-between. It's the middleman between our neshama and our goof. So in some way, all of our, as you said, um, awarenesses, feelings, emotions, that's all flowing into us through our Nefesh HaBahamas. But our Nefesh HaBahamas has to be plugged into our Neshama. And that being plugged into our Neshama, we are alive. If it's not plugged into our Neshama, the Neshama has left. The Nefesh HaBahamas has no abilities. So ultimately, I think, it's coming from our Neshama, our neshama infuses our nefesh abahamis, uh, as he says, minaheges, it guides it. Once that connection is severed, the person is no longer alive. That's how I would look at it. And in terms of a person who is, let's say, very ill, and their body is starting to close down, so that connection is getting weaker and weaker and weaker. And even their nefesh abahamis, uh, which is connected in their blood, apparently... Can start to its its powers start to wane, as they as they start to lose functions of their organs. Yeah.
1: Okay. So if that if the source of life is the neshama, which to me makes sense, the neshama has right. life even without the body. Right. So it's a source of life. Right. Its life is eternal. Right. But you were saying I think that only Jewish people have a neshama, and and so the animals and the other people are are have life. Where is their life source? deriving
0: from, if right. it isn't from the Bahamas. Right. So for a non-Jewish person, they don't have a Neshama Yonah like we have, but they do have a soul. They do have a spiritual soul, a it's Gentile. Different it's different than the Jewish soul, and it's different than the Bahamas. Ram Ramchal talks about it. They have a certain level of spirituality connected to Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noah. They can achieve a relationship to God. There's a spiritual thing there. It's, a, it's not called a Neshama. Animals don't have that. So I'm just assuming that an animal, that its life is completely totally on its Nefesh avahamis and Hashem's rutzon to keep that Nefesh avahamis alive and then when Hashem's rutzon or the Malach that directs that part of creation says no more, then the Nefesh avahamis stops to function and they die because there's no Neshama connection there. So I'm just assuming that.
1: Yeah. i was just wondering, and I hope you all the yeah. assumption listening to this, and I would say, not in an egocentric way, but that really the world is being sustained because of our relationship to Torah. So, and if the, if that that idea, then everything else is really deriving its life from that, and yes. so similarly, if all life is coming through the Nishama which only you didn't have, right a
0: similar idea and how it gets distributed out you know that's I guess maybe the question right but, right. but, but that is true you know that it's the the world is created that is what sustains the world created, but and sustains and the life sustains and reality and right.
1: Would stop and
0: sh- right that is the purpose of creation That therefore that's what it is what sustains creation yeah, yeah please help us yeah Now the thing is this, not only did he have an amazing neshama, he had an amazing goof. That's really more of the chiluk between Adam and Chava and us, right? That we have a neshama, they had a neshama, but their body before the ched was not like our body, and their body was completely open to being makabo, the lighter than the neshama. There was no misa, there was no sickness, there there was a very minimal barrier between body and soul. At that time of creation. They lost that at the time of the fate. So really it's their goof that was the difference. Not so much their nishama, but just one thing I have to add. The, the difference is this that Odom and Hava contained all of the nishamos of all of humanity. That's a really big nishama. <laughs> they contained all of the nishamos within them. So you know, we have one, we we each have one, or a piece of one. A chalak of one. They had everything. They were humanity. So, qu- quantitatively, their nishama was completely different. They were the world. But literally, they, were, they contained all the spiritual koach of all the nishamas that existed. And their body was, so to speak, transparent. It was not blocking out the light of the nishama. Okay, so Adam, Adam, Kodam Hacheit Adam before the Chet, is equivalent to Jew. We don't use that word yet because the word Jew wasn't around yet. Yehudi wasn't around yet. But Adam, Kodam HaChet, and we saw this and we learned that parak, that's what Avraham Avinu got back to. That's how he became the first Jew. So, Adam Kodamachet, that spiritual state, is the Jewish like state. After the Chet that descended, we had to get back to it. And that gate was open. Only Avraham Avinu did it in those first 2,000 years of creation. He regained that. So, when we say uh, Avram was the first Jew, what we're saying is he got back to the Madrega of Adam Kodamachet. He was Kona that, along with Sora, and he passed that down to his descendants for the rest of history. That's us. So that is an equivalent state. Kodamachet in Jewish is equivalent state. We, we have that inside of us. In terms of there not being Torah, there wasn't Matan Torah yet at Harsinai, but Torah was present from day one because Yistakel Ba'oraisu Ba'ra'ama, Hashem looked at the Torah and created the world. They knew the Torah just by seeing the world. They understood Torah in reality. That was their level of perception. So Torah in their life, in their world, the way God runs the world, al torah Adam and Hava were aware of that. And there's a the Chazal, which um, also lets us know that Hashem put Adam in Gan and la'avda U L'Shamra. So means to work the garden, Lashamra means to protect the garden. And the Chachamim say Lo Avda Zu Mitzvus say, That's positive mitzvah. <laughs> Ule Shemra Zu Mitzvus Lo say Is negative mitzvah, Lo Saay says prohibitions. So he had Torah in his context. Didn't have Matan Torah, but they had Torah at their level. Yeah. Yes, Mrs. Fran, please. Wasn't there a level at um at the door half logo that also like a door that closed to? That was the deadline. At the Dor HaFla you had from the time of the Chay, up until the Dor HaFloga, Migdal Bovel, to get back to the level of Odom Kodemachet. Anybody who would achieve that would be Konaid. The only one who did was Avraham Avinu. Um,
1: and also, what does it mean they're connected in
0: the flow? I don't know how to describe it except that that's the Chibur, That that's where the Nefesh HaBahamoth resides. Like when the Torah says, ki ha-nefesh hu-hadam, ki ha-dam hu-ha-nefesh, the blood is the soul. So that's this idea, somehow we can't see it, the nefesh ha resides in our blood. Same thing with an animal, that's where its nefesh ha resides, some connection to that between the isser, the prohibition of consuming blood. So that's where it resides. How? If weis nicht Yeah, please, Jaina. Okay. What? Okay. Yeah, so Nefesh HaVahamas doesn't come across so well in English. Animal like soul. Animal like soul. But I don't like to say animal because the Ramchal took a little time to tell us that we're not like the animals, the species specific. But animal like meaning drives, instincts, those, you know, base human forces that are inside of us. That's our Netheshah Bahamas, and even our basic level of human intelligence. That's all deriving from the Netheshah Bahamas. I like to call it a basic life force. Nefesha Tachtona, basic life force. It's not spiritual. It's not spiritual. It's a very subtle physicality. He calls it Dak, subtle, thin. The neshama is spiritual. That's what we call our soul. The Nishama is a stick of creation. It has, it has no similarity to the goof. It's from a spiritual realm. It's connected to spiritual things. It's extremely lofty. The Nefesh ha-bahamas is not. It's right down here with us on the earth. So, basic life force, Nefesh ha-bahamas, lofty, elevated soul, Nishama. Yeah, now the Ramchal mentions the Nefesh hab-hamis. He says that here in that first paragraph, he kalto, when the zera, when the seed from the father is absorbed, meaning con- conceived by the mother, then the Nefesh is there at that moment and it develops that embryo and fetus according to that species. So, but I mentioned, because it's in a different source, that the Neshama is already there as well. There's already connect, a connection between the neshama and that little embryo. <laughs> he, did, he does not say it here. But well, you know from a different way. Yeah, no, the, the, where I know this from is from Rav Feinstein's Feinstein, the Rafa, that um, he says, uh, Rabbi Wolfson has an article on this, and if you ever, you know, Chas uh, Shalom, know somebody who loses, you know, a baby... It uh, does not make it through the pregnancy, a stillborn child, and miscarriages. It's a, a very strengthening mimer that we keep uh, on hand. The Rabbitson and I, we went through this once in, in our life, and it was a very difficult experience. And Rabbi Wolfson um, writes there, that from Ramosha Feinstein, that once a baby is conceived, that there's trias amazing. So that means an eternal life from that point. Once the baby is conceived, there's Tchiyas HaMesim. And that means to say that somehow that little embryo, you know, who's just a couple of days old, um, already has some spiritual life and will come back at the time of the resurrection of the dead, Tchiyas HaMesim. You can't have Tchiyas HaMesim without a nishama. That's by definition. So that's the source that I... Derive that from, and I know that for ourselves, that was very strengthening when we went through that. Um, How far was it? Eight months. Yeah. So eight months, you know, little girl that uh, that we lost, and that was very hard because you have no um, formal structure for avelus. You know, there's no shiva. The baby was never born. It's it's inside. So what do you hold on to? You know, what do you grab onto? Very hard chapter uh, in life, and you know, you're not really sure, like, what's the purpose of this child, what's the purpose of this fetus, and never made it into the world, and then when, when we saw that uh, response from Rav Moshe Feinstein, quoted by Rav Wolfson, I know that it made for us a big, a big impact, because although we can't understand it, but there's purpose and for that for that little baby as well. No. There's no Gilgul in Nefesh HaBahamas. That's a one-time thing. It exists and then it goes. But everyone is different. Yes. Yes. Each person is different. Each personality is different. The neshama goes through Gilgulim. The neshama, because it has different tikkunim to make, different rectifications uh, to make in the world and in itself, it may have to come back here several times in order to reach its ultimate state. But the Nevisha Bahamas does does not go through that. So then it's
1: connected with the Nevisha
0: Bahamas. Different. different Once it connects. Right. A different Nevisha Bahamas in a different person who's born, you know, some other time. Yeah. Yes, please. Um, so I'm reading this in English. But, um, so if the Neshama comes back and has to do with Tikkun or whatever, Yes.
1: Us? It says the yeah. genetic material, does it come in and it affect the genetic material and make it so that person does their
0: tibu? It, it somehow affects us. The presence of our neshama in, in us is affecting us in terms of you know, what we have to do in the world and how we do it. The chilek, the, the portion of life that we were given, that we were allotted by Hashem is Completely specific. Everybody has their, their own unique, completely unique place in the world. And that has to do with what our neshama is and what it needs to be involved with in the world in order to reach its tikkun. So we're affected by that. We don't perceive it though. We don't perceive our nishama with us. It's beyond our perception. But it's here and it's guiding us and it's making sure through Hashem's hashkocha, that we're in the situations that we need to be in to make the tikkunim in our life. Does it affect the physical body? Like the it does. Body, like it, it, it does, except that we can't perceive it. One would not be able to perceive the way the neshama affects the physical body. It would only be... Um, what's the word? Perceivable or perceptible? What's the right word? Perceptible for someone like Moshe Rabbeinu where his face started to glow. Right? So that was already a different level of connection between the Shema and Guf where his body was not so much of a barrier anymore. His body was so refined that his face shone. That was because of the presence of his, his relationship to Hashem was now being revealed. But in most people, that doesn't happen. <laughs> but it could it could, it's just that, you know, for, for most of us it doesn't get to that point. That will be fully expressed at the time of Triasa Mason. Our world is not allowed for that expression, but the next world will allow for that expression, where Nisham is revealed in its all of its glory. Yes, please, Linda. You always say that. <laughs> talking about 40 days, is that what you mean? Something like that, right. So how can you say that he's quoted as saying it begins at conception? It's a a different, those are two different topics. So uh, in other words, not that abortion is permitted in Jewish law, because it's not, but let's say there's a sakana, there's some uh, danger, God forbid, to the mother. That would be the circumstance under which abortion is allowed. If, If it's threatening the mother's life, it's allowed. So within 40 days, that's looked at a little more leniently than it is after 40 days. You still have to come back to whether this is a sakhana or not to the mother. You have to come back. If it's not, you know, it doesn't. the question doesn't even start. But if it is, if it's getting into that range of possible sakhana, a little more lenient before suras havalad is 40 days, the form of the embryo fetus, and after 40 days. That's what that's talking about. But that doesn't mean that there's no presence of Nishama there. There's still some presence of Nishama, but in that particular situation, you're allowed to abort, even though there's a presence of Nishama in order to save the mother. Now, now, I don't know what the others say, but there also you have, you have an, another leniency. Please don't take this as halakha it's not a halakhic discussion. But if something occurs before conception, right, that takes away that pregnancy before conception, halakhically that's different. I'm not saying it's allowed, not allowed, ask your shyness, ask your shyness, I don't want to pass. that's every individual has a child. you can't pass in a child like this uh, in, in public because it would be wrong. But just in terms of uh, a factor, that if, if it happens before conception, that's already, again, one step more lenient than after conception. It's a very big step more lenient. Very big difference, halachically, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please, Alana. It seems to me that the answer is both, that there was something different about Avraham Avinu from the get-go, and there's even a Hazal that says that Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov preceded the creation of the world, just like Torah preceded the creation, like Teshuva preceded creation, this Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov preceded the world, whatever that means. So Abraham has something special about him from the start, but he has to develop it, he has to choose it, he has to become it. And he did. He had the potential and he became it. At some point, he grabbed on to a higher level of neshama, the Adam Kodam HaKet person. At some point, he got that. Where that was along the stage of his life, I don't know, because his life is described in different stages, four, 3, 48, 52, 70, 75, uh, 90, 100, all different stages. So he had the bris at 99. Some like to say now he's a full Jew once he has a bris. So somewhere in there, Avraham Avinu um, attains a Jewish neshama. I don't know where that point is. Who was
1: the first Jew then, would
0: you say? Avraham well, Adam Kodam HaChay was what well, Adam Kadmon HaChay technically was the first Jew. Yeah, he was, but the terminology doesn't quite fit. No, but he was yes. He would be equivalent to a Jew because he had that relationship, Kadmon HaChay, and that's what a Jew has the ability to get back to, and that's inside of every one of us. Yeah, please.
1: The difference is that Abraham didn't work for
0: it. He worked for it. That's right. That time how he attained it, he developed it.
1: I'm saying that, that seemed to make it for a different being. And if that's really the first Jew, it's, it's a whole different reality having worked for something right. as hard as he clearly had to within right. 2,000 years, he's the only one that did. Right. Than just being born into it.
0: Right. He's born with something. He has that potential. There's no question about it. But he did have to work very hard to achieve it. Same with all of our great people. Moshe Rabbeinu was... Born, the, house, the house filled up with light. It's that Something different is happening there, something different. It didn't happen when all of us were born. Maybe it does, maybe we can't see it. But he made something out of it. Right? He made himself into Moshe Rabbeinu. You, you always have to have both. Hashem told and you that he was Kadosh Mibetan. He was holy from the womb. So where's his Right? His Bechira is, he has to become that. He's given that holiness from the womb, but he has to choose to be that person, and he could not succeed. That would be somebody like Asav. Esau's personality is somebody who, from the womb, had very great potential. He came from the, the, the womb of Rivka Yemenu. Yitzchak is his father. Great potential, but he didn't make anything out of it. And as a matter of fact, on the other side, he became a Russia. So you have to make something out of it. Sandy, yeah, please. When you, when a person becomes a gira they they receive a Jewish neshama. They did not have a Jewish neshama before. So
1: if a Jewish neshama and a non-Jewish neshama are different. Um, does, it, does that mean that
0: a non-Jewish person can't can you can't they can't understand a Jewish
1: person? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we yeah. <laughs> and when the see comes, they're going to recognize.
0: Well, the whole world will be so different, you know. Hashem will reveal great knowledge to the world. So the Jews on their level, the non-Jews on their level, and it's still not going to be the same. It's just that they'll have a much higher level of awareness as well. And they will understand at that time the role of Kalal Yisroel. They will get that. That will be revealed, and instead of opposing it, it will be accepted and honored. What's that? No more UN. Right, no more United Nations, right? <laughs> or at least a different format. <laughs> okay, have a great day, everybody. B'dayat Hashem, we'll see you next week on Culture. up to Letter Gimel. If you want to hold on to it and bring it back, please do. If you want to pass it forward, I'll bring it back, whatever you like.